Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston answers the number one question that parents are asking right now. Let's hear the question and Mark's answer. The constant question that I get asked over and over and over at every seminar, conference, uh, anything that I do, there's times that I'm on a plane flying somewhere and somebody will say, well, how do I know when to send my kid away? And so the question that that has been posed to me, um, when will I know that it's time to send my child to Heartlight? And and I want people to know this, that, that I spend most of my life... Uh, helping people not ever have to send their child uh, to Heartlight. I, I am more of a preventative guy than I am one who wants to cure everything all the time. But in the offerings that we have of uh, providing resources to families, I want to make sure that parents know that there is a place they can send their child. And we can't take every kid, that every kid fits into um, uh, the description of those that we deal with. But we can help a lot of families in the process. But I spend most of my time on the road helping parents not send their child to Heartlight. You know, Heartlight is a residential counseling center. My wife and I started it 34 years ago. And um, uh, it was really because of my background of working at a church for a number of years uh, and dealing with kids, uh, some of who were struggling, and, um, and some of them even lived with us during that time. And then uh, I moved to a Christian sports camp, um, so I love the camp atmosphere and the rah-rah and, and all that, but I also know that those kids struggle just as much um, as any other kid. And I was also on staff with Young Life, uh, an organization that works with kids, and my heart was always bent toward those kids that were really having a tough time. So uh, all of my life, ever since I was 19, I have been working with kids who, who struggle and are just having a tough time. And so so we started this program 30-some years ago, and uh, it we've now had over 3,000 kids live with us, and, and we're located in East Texas, uh, um, and we have 65 kids that live with us, um, 30 girls and, and um, 30 guys, and then there's uh, spots for five that it kind of goes back and forth, depends on how many people are calling. We get about 10,000 calls a year from families that want to place kids with us. So I, I, I described the program. I mean, it's multifaceted. It's a relational-based program that, that has professional counselors that are on our staff that, that meet with the kids, lead group meetings. There's activities. We have a boarding school that is accredited, um, and, and they live in these beautiful million-dollar log cabins. We have 24 horses, rappelling tower, ski nautique boats. I mean, we, we've kind of combined everything from a church to a camp to a young life setting. Um, and because I believe that, that relationships uh, are the key to changing a kid's life. And it's all based on biblical principles that, that we've uh, watched and looked and adapted uh, throughout the years. Um, 
all of our staff are Christians, and and uh, but yet we take kids from every kind of background. But the intent is to help kids get to a better place. Uh, so anyway, that's that's the program, and um, and so when when somebody says, okay, when do I know? When do I know that it's time that my child can no longer be at home, and it's time for them to live somewhere else? I'm going to give you 15 things to look for, and um, and it doesn't mean they have to have all of these, and, and it doesn't mean this too that just because they have one of them that you need to immediately feel, fill out an application and send it to Heartlight. But there are some things that you just know when it's time. And, um, uh, and here's the first thing. Uh, your child moves from smiles to frowns. And you know something's changing. It's not just that normalcy of, of, of life, of, of teens, but you know something has definitely changed in their heart and in their expression. The second thing would be that it, it, it moves from a positive attitude uh, to a negative and unmotivated uh, attitude or perspective of life. I mean, this is where you have a child that that has participated in school activities and and played sports and done everything and studied and gone to church and done all those things, and all of a sudden it stops. Now it's negative. I hate God. I hate school. I hate sports. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not motivated. I'd rather sit around and do nothing kind of thing. The third thing would be this, that there there may be a new set of friends that you just see something beginning to change. And and kids go where relationships are. And sometimes I meet kids that smoke pot just so they can be with a new group of friends and be accepted. Uh, you know what? I, I, you know, it, it's hard to be, if you're unmotivated, it's hard to be around a bunch of people who are motivated. And so if I smoke pot and I lose my motivation for life, and this is at, as a teen, then I'm going to hang around people who are unmotivated as well. And so parents who come to me and say, my kids are hanging around these unmotivated kids. I don't want to be around. They're going to, uh, they're going to rub off on him and, and influence him in some way. I, I go, well, it's because your child is going to be an influence on them as well. Unmotivated kids flock together. It's just kind of normal. But when it becomes um, uh, negative and you see that new set of friends, it's because the old set of friends are moving on with life and growing up and becoming independent, or your child's been rejected for some reason from that group and they're having a tough time. Uh, the fourth thing is this, there's pronounced changes in their presentation. You just see things differently. They dress differently. And they may go from, you know, stylish to becoming somewhat dark. It may be, uh, I get it, piercings, and I, I'm not against piercings, nor am I against tattoos, Um with anybody, but I've always wondered why people are motivated to do things to express themselves. And if your child is saying that I'm, I'm really expressing myself in such a way to make sure that everybody understands that I no longer love this life and I hate it, as a matter of fact, then I think that's where a parent's got to step in. Number five would be this, um, that there may be thoughts of suicide or attempted suicide that, um, that you just get a feeling and you're hearing words and you're seeing by actions that your child is giving up hope. The sixth thing would be this, that they love what they used to hate and they hate what they used to love. Um, you can tell they're moving in a negative direction and it's by their comments, it's by their attitude, uh, and you begin to see that. Number seven, they sleep more and they interact less. This is where a child becomes very isolated. Now, just because your child's on their phone and 
sitting in their room or playing games or always playing video games or whatever. It's, it's, it's not that. Uh, they just interact less. They would rather be alone in their own thoughts because they feel guilty or ashamed when they get around parents or other siblings that are doing better than them. But you just see that they're kind of by themselves and they're becoming that island that no man should be. The eighth thing is that, that they may become depressed. And this is where they're not taking showers. They 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 feel like the world's rejected them. They don't want to get out of bed. They're saying, I, I don't want to go to school anymore. I hate those people. Or they may become overly anxious where they can't even function, that it is far better to sit in bed than it is to get up and, and interact in the current of society. The ninth thing would be this, that they're defiant in their words uh, and, and maybe confused in their thinking. And you're listening to their words and you see the change in the attitude. It may be expressing anger. They're cussing a lot more and, and saying things that are derogatory and, and, and hurting. And, and it's coming across as, as a reflection of, of the confusion in, in their thinking patterns. And you just begin to see something's not right. Now, now let, me, let me say this too. Something may have happened in your child's life. There may be trauma. There may have been some kind of abuse. There may have been bullying. There may have been rejection. A teacher said something that set them off, a death of somebody in their family. And, and sometimes confusion in thinking is a result of, of something traumatic that's happened in a child's life, and they can't quite figure it out. They just haven't ever had to figure it out before. It's kind of like this. When my mom died, I you know I, I wish I could tell you uh, the word th- that would explain how I felt about her dying, or or my dad died recently, and I and the same thing. I go, I'm not so sure I even know the word to explain that feeling, and so it's not because I don't have feelings; it's because I can't express them, and and nothing that anybody tells me is really accurate uh, about those feelings, and so. That's where a child can become confused in thinking. They can become confused when they move from concrete thinking to abstract thinking, especially our young men. They have a tough time thinking abstractly. And so they may be defiant in their words, um, and it may show that they're not being rebellious, but they have become lost, and that becomes key in trying to determine, what do I do with my child? The tenth thing would be this: they're argumentative, maybe physically aggra- aggressive, and they're verbally attacking. Um, this is where their anger is taken over, and anger is an emotional response to not getting what you want. And so, a child may be saying, "You know what? I, I just I'm not getting out of life what I really want, and nothing's happening the way I want it to. And all my attempts to try to solve my own issues and problems they aren't working. So, not only is does the world suck? But I'm I'm incapable of of handling the very things that I've that I feel like I've been dealt, and so they feel a sense of being overwhelmed. And when a child begins to feel overwhelmed and helpless, this is when they'll start smoking pot. They'll try different things. They'll start drinking like a fish. They'll they'll use drugs in some way. They'll do something to escape, and where they don't have to think about that all the time. And so it, it, you just begin to see this anger start to control them rather than controlling their anger. The 11th thing is that they're spiraling out of control. You know, it, it's kind of like driving a car and closing your eyes and, and trying to steer and accelerate and brake and you're just running into things and, and it, it gets worse. 
It's it's not getting any better. It's a spinning process that's taking them to another place, and they don't know how to handle it either. Uh, the twelfth thing would be this: it's tearing your marriage and family apart. Now, I think that's a sole reason, or one of the sole reasons, to to send a child away to another program. If you're going to lose your marriage. You're going to lose your family in the process. It's influencing your other kids. They're going to start doing the same thing, and it's going to be a harder problem later. The 13th thing is that counseling isn't showing results, and that's showing results in their behavior or the way they handle themselves um, at home. And it just stuff isn't working. No matter what you do, it's, it's just not working. And, and so the 14th thing would be that maybe they are failing at school and you begin to see more and more destructive behaviors, cutting, self-harm, uh, comments about not wanting to be alive, hating everybody else. And the 15th thing would be this, that you really begin to fear for their life. And so that's where I tell parents, you know, one of the main obstacles to a child coming to a place like Heartlight um, is the cost. And, I, and I'll talk about that here in a minute. But I tell you the litmus test that I always tell parents, if you continue on the same path that you're on right now, where will you be in six months? What's that going to look like? And if it's going to be worse, then you need to do something now. And, and people go, well, okay, how do I afford that? Okay, I, let, me, let me tell you that, that Heartlight, um, our place, is fairly inexpensive compared to a lot of other programs. Um, I know programs that charge twice as much, but we charge $10 an hour, the same thing you would pay for a babysitter, except you pay for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, four weeks in a month, and usually nine to 12 months that a child's here. So you do the math and you begin to find that it comes up to 70 to 80, $90,000. That's a lot of money. And so I know that it's expensive, but I can tell you this, that we don't even break even on, um, at Heartlight and, uh, we don't, that's why I have to raise funds to make things happen. And I, and I say that just so that you know the, that, that what you may be investing in is the life of your child. And if you don't do something, you feel like they won't be here. Now, 60% of our kids, the money does not come from mom and dad. It comes from life insurance or uh, a kid's fund like the space shuttle kids fund or like uh, years ago, the World Trade Center or uh, fund for kids and uh, it may come from a church, it may come from an organization, it may come, a lot of our parents have been very creative and they write letters to friends and say, hey, you can make a tax-deductible donation to Heartlight and we can, it can be credited to my child. And I, I, a person would rather make a donation somewhere and uh, to benefit somebody they know uh, rather than making it where they, somebody they don't know. Or you may have a grandparent or somebody within your family that wants to help. 40%, it's pocket change. I mean, they pay for things and it's easy. But but a majority of our kids, it, the money comes from different places. 
And, um, and so you got to be creative in coming up with ways to finance kids. And so the question always comes up, uh, does insurance pay for it? Well, it depends what your insurance says. And, uh, and that's something for you to figure out. Um, and we can tell you everything that we do. We can, you know, kind of separate out all the counseling and group meetings, and then you can file that on, on insurance and see if they pay. Uh, but that's for your, your insurance company to determine. But my point of it is this. It is expensive, but you have to ask yourself the question, um, my child may not be around if I don't do something. And I think that puts money into a different perspective. It does for me. Uh, half the kids that we have uh, that come to us, and you've heard this in my uh, interviews of kids um, that I've done for years and years and years, you hear them say all the time, if I wouldn't have come here, I think I'd be dead. And that's true. I mean, it's true. Uh, unresolved conflicts in a child's adolescent years only come back to get them later in life. Out of all the kids that I know that have committed suicide, um, uh, I know 46 kids that have taken their life. 45 of them did not graduate from Heartlight. And we push people, you're gonna, if you're going to come, you're going to have to graduate. If not, don't send your kid here. And the reason is because we need to resolve everything. And our job is to get your child home. It's not to have them stay here and be here at Heartlight forever and ever. Our job is to help them and you as parents get to a place where you can have your child at home and they can both flourish, uh, where you'll never have to send your kid to another program. So anyway, I, I hope this helps a little bit. I, you know, if, if you want to apply to Heartlight, let me send you somewhere. It, go to heartlight.info, and there's an admission form there, but there's also an explanation of all different aspects of our program. We're pretty unique in what we do. Um, we have a, a spirit of excellence, and we demand that, that uh, change happen. Um, and we don't, we don't really change kids, but we create an atmosphere where change can happen, and that's what we're excited about. Okay, so you can apply for Heartlight. And let's say you're sitting there going, well, there's no possible way that's going to happen. Okay, then let me encourage you in this. Uh, there's a couple of things, really three things. Attend a family in crisis conference. Um, we have those at Heartlight, um, and it becomes important. It's a two-day event, but it can change the destiny of your family. And I tell you this, 90% of those families that come to a family in crisis conference never have to send their child off. I mean, I think we charge, you know, $400 a person, and, and we provide the meals. You provide the lodging and the travel here. So it maybe let's say it's a couple of thousand dollars, but I'd much rather spend a couple of thousand dollars than I would seventy or eighty thousand dollars sending a child here. And so this would be a great way for you to learn some things, change some things at home. And once you do that and it doesn't work, then Heartlight might come into play. But I'd tell you first, go to a family in crisis conference. Here's a second thing, and you can go to familycrisisretreat.com. Family crisisretreat.com. Just look it up or go to the Parenting Today's Teens website, and it'll tell you all about um, this retreat. The other is, is a book that I wrote a few years ago, and it's called When Your Teen is Struggling. 
and it gives some insight into what's going on with your child and how you can engage with them a little bit differently. Um, and you could get that book just about anywhere, and uh, or you can call us here at our office, and that's 903-668-2173, 903-668-2173, and you can order a book through us, and we'll send it to you. Or you can do this, too, and this this would be a great way for you to get some help. Let's say that you can't come to a retreat, and you've already read the book, but you need somebody to help you. What we do is allow our counselors and our residential directors that spend time with the kids here um, do some coaching. We call it crisis coaching. And you spend four weeks uh, meeting with um, somebody from our staff that is capable of of helping you get to a better place. Some of those are licensed professional counselors. Uh, Another is the director of, of, of Heartlight, the executive director of Heartlight, who's been doing this for 25 years and can surely give you some, um, some direction in, in, with your child. And so, so the three things that I would tell you is family in crisis conference would be number one, the book, when your teen is struggling. Um, and the, the third thing would be this coaching, um, get coaching and you can do the coaching by calling Heartlight at 903-668-2173. Hey, I, I hope this helps in answering this question. It's asked quite a bit and, and I, I, you know, we don't do everything that we do to make sure that we get kids coming to Heartlight. This is not a marketing ploy to get you to come. But if you are at that point, and you need something, then then please don't hesitate to give us a call and we'll help walk you through it. But I would encourage you to, to do some of these other things first before you get to that point. Hey, I hope this helps. Look forward to talking to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. And don't forget that if you want to hear Mark answer more of your questions, you could subscribe to I Must Ask Mark a Question on Apple Podcasts. It's just $2.99 a month or $29.99 a year with new episodes dropping every Friday. We'll be back here on Monday for another great episode. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you then.